Remind me after this, I got to get food in the crock pot. It should be doing it now, but we're doing this instead. Domestic stuff. It's the Married with Channels podcast. Married couple talking TV shows and movies. My name is Moose. I'm Jody. I'm the husband. I'm the wife. We're married. Yep. And uh, we love each other and we watch TV shows. And movies. And right now, here, it is spooky season. Yeah, we'll get to that here in a second. Just want to quickly touch on Ahsoka. We've watched the entire season. Yeah, okay. We've touched on this before, Mm -hmm. uh, but we finished the entire season of Ahsoka, Star Wars show on Disney+. Um, You know, I would just say it's okay. I didn't like this one. Yeah. So they set the bar really low with the Boba Fett show. Hmm. And so it's almost intentional. I don't think it was because you don't spend millions of dollars on a show. So people can say, well, at least it wasn't as bad as blank, but it wasn't as bad as Boba Fett, the book of Boba Fett, but it wasn't good. It was boring. I feel different. I feel like Boba Fett was better than this one because it was so boring. Oh my God, you're so high right now. No. No. Change your opinion now. No. This is my opinion. I'll give you that. I am entitled to it. I'll give you that. I feel like that was better. I don't know. That one, and you can go, we've done, we've covered the show. Gosh, I should have, I don't know. Go look through our (laughs) catalog. We've done Boba Fett show. Yes. And I think the takeaway on that was it was good-ish, could have been a lot better. The thing with the uh, sand people was interesting. Yes. They didn't go down that. They didn't dive into that. It had some really glaring, cheesy stuff. Sure. You know, the vivid colored kids with the robot arms on their little hover bikes. That was just horrible. And Yeah, the gang. Yeah. Yeah. But. The motorcycle gang. Boba Fett was probably more entertaining than this one. Absolutely. Ahsoka was boring. Oh, so flat and boring. I mean, they're not all feckin' boring. You're all (laughs) feckin' boring. Oh, my uh, God. It was pretty damn boring, Ahsoka. Like, and it really hit home for me, the episode where Ahsoka falls into the water and she seemingly drowns, dies, but she goes to the mid-world or the whatever Jedi do. Not when It's before they die. She went to the Stranger Things underworld. Yeah, essentially. (laughs) And she had her thing with Anakin. Yes. That whole episode was so boring. And yes. I didn't, and it didn't set anything up. It didn't really bring anything new to the light with Ahsoka and her character. And I'm sorry. I don't like Hayden Christensen. The, like, I just well, nobody don't. Nobody likes him. Yeah. Well, I really don't. He's and kind of. This wasn't redeeming performance there either. You yeah. know. People are starting to warm up to Hayden Christensen because it's like this warm B-movie character. That's been part of their childhood. But yeah, he still sucks. But the bad guys were boring. Like even the blue bad guy, General Admiral Thrawn. Yeah. Every time he spoke, there was no, it's like, I'm going to be quiet to be sinister. But it's like, you can change the pitch of your voice a little bit. And like the mothers and the witch lady, like they were just kind of eh. And that Morgan, Eh. that Morgan chick who was kind of a disciple of the witch ladies. Yeah. Like, she had the same scowl the whole series. Yeah, the only thing that changed was her... Like, she smelled some dog turd, fresh dog turd. (laughs) The only thing that changed was her cool hairstyles each time. Oh, I didn't even notice I was like, ooh, that's a cool braid. Okay. (laughs) I wanted to like Ahsoka, but even... There's so much really bad about the show. Like, when when we reviewed it, I think we were kind of at the level, and maybe not you so much, but I was like, it's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm liking it. But the more it went on, the more it's just... 
there were, I was waiting for a good lightsaber fight scene. That didn't happen. They yeah. were all very stilted and boring. I wasn't even invested in like the Ezra story. I mean, yeah. I don't know. And then like, you know, you have, um, I forget the character's name. It's um, the chick from Fargo. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. Her character was kind of boring. I didn't like, know that she's was... really good too. I yeah. just this just didn't fit. I don't know. And I usually like her. But yeah. I didn't really know it was her. You know, makeup and all that can be to blame here. Yeah. I didn't know that was her until about three episodes in. I also didn't like understand like the whole point of this show. Are they like time traveling? Are they traveling like super deep space? Like I don't no. understand why they couldn't get back. Like why. Ezra couldn't get back. I didn't understand that whole piece of that kind of space portal stuff. It was like just it was a very long ways away. I think the equivalency to us is us going to Mars is where they had to go distance wise to get Ezra and to find General Admiral Thrawn and the whole space whales thing. I'm like, come on, we can do better than that. That was a really long scene. And, you know, it was kind of. At first, it was kind of cool. You know, I was like, oh, cool. And then I was like, oh, they're doing a Nemo. They're going to ride along in the, in the whale's mouth. <laughs> it's just Nemo. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Very much is. Yeah. Or Pinocchio in the and, whale. And you got the two characters like, this whale's either going to eat us or help us, you know? And You know who I thought was the only interesting character on that show? What? Was uh, Huyang, the, the droid. Yeah. Who apparently has been with Jedi for millennia. They had kind of peppered a, in some humor with him, I think. And that's kind of, well, yeah, you but know. I thought that was an interesting character that you could maybe do more with. Sure. Like you could have episodes of him with Jedis over the years or, I don't know. I, maybe that's a testament how lame and boring the show is, is the goddamn droid who flies the ship is the most interesting character. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. We yeah. didn't like it. <laughs> and it's kind of testament to... Like the series uh, coming out of Disney Plus in general, like I'm not interested in Loki too. I thought Loki season one was interesting. Yeah. But it wasn't like, can't wait for more. Sure. And it, we'll probably get to it. But, yeah, probably. But Ahsoka, ugh. Yeah. Just sits there. Uh, yeah, I got very bored. I think not really paying attention towards the end, you know? I won't play the Banshees of Inishir. And <laughs> Please don't. I lied. You're all back and boring. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to uh, the more uh, holiday themed. And by holiday, I mean seasonal. And I mean Halloween. Spooky. Spooky stuff. And it's kind of, uh, they're both kind of under the banner of the what the kids are watching. Because it's, um, you know, th- these are movies we watch. At the end of the day, we usually watch a movie. Finish a movie, you know, it takes a few days to watch a movie. With our tween. And we cycle through the choices. And um, it came to my choice, and I picked Monster Squad. Yeah. From 1987, a movie that I adored as a kid. I never saw this as a kid. I only saw it as an adult with you. So, thanks for sharing it. (laughs) I saw it when I was 10 or 11, living in Puerto Rico on the naval base. And it was just such a well done, so cool movie. Like, I love the old monsters. Yeah. And it incorporated uh, kids and, you know, very relatable at the time. I was these kids age. Quite yeah, literally. I was going to say probably because you're like those yeah. kids age. But and... it was it was so well done. Like it's well shot. It has its scary moments. Sure. It definitely has lots of humor. Yeah. I mean, there's the scene where, you know, the wolf man gets kicked in the nuts. 
Scott Nards. And that's like to a 10, 11 year old. That's hilarious. That's even the title of the documentary they made about the movie. Awesome. Wolfman's got Nards. That's hilarious. It's cute. It's wholesome. It's, you know, got yeah. its little jump scary moments, you know. Yeah, yeah. I it's mean, a good one to watch with your kids. I uh, mean, it's PG-13, so. Yeah, written by um, Shane Black. Uh, I think everybody knows that name by now. He's done a ton of famous stuff. Lethal Weapon, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Um, but also directed by Fred Decker, his partner in crime. It's just a warm, charming. It's like one of those. It's like the Halloween movie equivalent of It's a Wonderful Life for Christmas. Wow. Like, okay. You know, like you could I could see watching it every year just because it's so charming and wholesome, but also has all the bases covered as far as, you know, entertainment. Yeah, we'll we'll see as we get through uh, some more scary stuff if our uh, teenager will allow that year after year after year. <laughs> she don't have to watch it. <laughs> you it. will be nostalgically like every year. Yeah. Let's watch this. And Funny. it holds up. You know, the movie holds up. It doesn't like look dated to me. I mean, obviously it's set in filmed in 87. You know, obviously there's going to be old cars and no cell phones, but. And sweaters and haircuts. Yeah. So but a lot of this know. stuff is relatable, you know, kids with their pals, you know, and they're, you know, there's even like a little subplot involving that one of the kids, dads and moms having marital issues. Mm hmm. You know, I don't know. And there's a cute little Phoebe kid, the little oh, sister. Yeah. She's adorable. So. Then, then the other kid's like, is she a virgin? <laughs> so Monster Squad holds up. The other scary movie that we covered on the stuff with the kid. Uh, she was it she or you pick Child's Play. I picked it. Okay. She's getting into horror. She wants to watch all of them yeah, we're, we're kind of ramping up to more yeah we're just kind of slowly getting into it a little bit seeing what she can tolerate what she what she's okay with you know yeah it. we're what do you think the movie's gonna be that she watches where she wakes us up at two in the morning saying she can't sleep because she's she thought she heard something you know? i think it's gonna be halloween you think the 78 <laughs> version or the 2018 version the 78 version really i don't know i mean hmm. That one was scary for me, but it's a scary character. Like anybody dressed up like that for Halloween, I'm just like, oh, it's so creepy and scary. Maybe for me, it's just I never got the Michael Myers thing. It yeah. never really did anything for me. Yeah. Like I was definitely more of a Jason Voorhees guy. Oh, that but, might do it for her too. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, is it going to be the scares or the gore? The scares. Or the monsters? Well, I don't know. What's going to do it for her as far as... <gasps> I'm having trouble sleeping. I don't know. She uh, she tolerated what we're about to talk about pretty well. I think she'll do fine with like Freddy Krueger. I think she'll do fine, you know. Real quick. Yeah. We'll get to Child's Play here in yes. a second from 1988. Yeah. I think. Are you going to mention what else we watched? Uh, no. Oh. I just want to ask you. Yeah. What was that type of movie or that movie that scared you as a kid to where you couldn't sleep or... You were constantly looking under the bed. Um, I didn't look under the bed. I would like imagine things in the corners or the closets, you know. Okay, but what um, was that movie? But I don't know. Um, I don't really recall watching a lot of horror movies. Um, okay. Like we we really kind of weren't allowed to growing up. We didn't watch that kind of stuff until I got much older. But by the time I was older, it didn't bother me. Like. Okay. You know, I didn't have nightmares or anything like that. I will say, <laughs> this is kind of embarrassing. When I was much, much older, 
I saw, um, and you can, you know, say it was a crappy film, whatever, but I saw The Blair Witch Project when it came out in theaters, and it w- I saw it out of town, so I was staying in a hotel room, which kind of always freaks me out anyway. I just, oh, sure. you know, I just don't sleep well in a hotel at all. It's like, a strange place. It's a strange place. Different bed. Yeah. And smells like, are different. I don't know. It just, I've never been super comfortable sleeping in a strange place like hmm. that. And so I watched that movie and then I remember like kind of when you're like about to drift off to sleep, like seeing that dude standing in the corner oh, of yeah. my hotel room. And so really, that's really the only movie that has affected me in that way. Okay. So, and, then, yeah. and to your credit, that's like the only scary part of that movie. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like kind of, oh, what was that? The whole. Yes. You're waiting. Hours. Like. But then at the end, when they go down and the kids stand in the corner, like, oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah. Like, oh, God. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. So, I mean, I was much older. I wasn't a kid when I saw that. I was probably 19, you know? (laughs) I think for me, it was, um, it was a couple things. I was allowed to watch scary movies. Okay. And I remember I was 10 or 11. Well, maybe even younger. I think I was younger, actually. Yeah, it was like 85. So, it's like seven, eight years old. Okay. And, um... Or nine. And it was Evil Dead one. Math hard. Yeah. <laughs> and there was a scene from the Twilight Zone movie. It's the very first scene. It's a short scene, but it scared the shit out of me. And I saw that scary face like a lot when I was trying to go to sleep. You were allowed at that age to watch Evil Dead and yeah. like Well Wow. You know what I think what it was <laughs> is my dad was watching it. Okay. And it was in the middle of the day. Yeah. And I was just kind of there uh-huh. and he didn't like stop it and go, go do something else, you know, or <laughs> turn the TV off. Yeah. Okay. Um, but there was not a lot of, I, I just, I, I was able to watch those things, but it wasn't like, Hey son, sit down. Let's watch this movie sure. together. <clears throat> but anyway, that's what it did for me. Child's play. Yes. Let's get to that movie. Absolutely. These are I, kind of fun to rewatch. I haven't watched this for probably 30 years same same i haven't watched it probably since soon after it came out on vhs yeah like renting videos with my friends or whatever yeah yeah. Yeah, let's talk about how old we are we rented vhs tapes from a store people (laughs) but child's play does not hold up very well at all yeah and there's a lot of big like what wait a minute type (laughs) of moments first of all okay you have to suspend a lot of belief here yeah to watch this movie because even if you possess a doll yeah you it doesn't have the you know the ligaments the musculature apparently it does to do anything and super big strength (laughs) i know like so what they when you possess an inanimate object all of a sudden it grows muscles inside it's it's really strong i don't know okay but i'm willing to go just let that go okay fine maybe it takes on that person's spirit's strength you know, maybe, like, you know, I'm sure it's some, he's not exactly a good dude. And he maybe evil has made him stronger. You I feel know? like if I was at a comic con and right? one of the people made the movies on a panel, we could totally nerd out about I'd be this. the one like, yeah, position number eight in the line of questions by the question microphone. <laughs> yes. Um, how does yeah. Chucky, he has no muscle, you know? Yeah. So I'm willing to actually suspend this belief there for that. Okay. Let's go with that. The for the spirit- record. Those kinds of people don't go to Comic-Cons. We go to (laughs) Comic-Cons. People we know go to Comic-Cons. But so I'm willing to go with, okay, he can maneuver, lift. He has 
spirit muscles, whatever. Okay, sure. But then there's parts where like he's stabbing people with a plastic knife. <laughs> he's plunging it through a door. How did and you And it's get... a solid core door. Well, time out. How did you get that that was a plastic knife? Because it looked plastic. And it had, they had the sticker on it. It had like the fake blood sticker on it. It there's did. There's a couple oh. scenes where they focused on the, on the Chucky's arm walking while holding that knife. And it's so like, where did he get the knife? I think it came with the, because remember Andy the kid got for his birthday initially, the, the my, my good buddy tool set, toolbox. And a bloody knife comes in I that? don't know. I don't know. <laughs> That's where he got the hammer. He got the hammer, but there was also some other thing. I'm assuming, mm. I don't know. But it was a toy knife. That's that's a nice kid's toy right they there. They never showed Chucky like pulling a, a an actual knife out of the butcher the, block. Okay. That's so, what I was wondering. I'm like, wait, how did you gather it was a plastic knife? But Yeah. So okay. there's that and uh the guy who plays the co detective of Chris Sarandon, the main detective, yes. Mike, I think. Yeah, Mike. That guy's partner. Sucked. That yeah. guy was horrible. Yeah. It almost seemed like they cast somebody who was like a lighting grip because the actors <laughs> couldn't make it because of the flu. <laughs> Okay, you get in there and you do it. I'm not an actor. Well, just do it. You just you got five lines. You're fine. That's funny. But I like the concept of child's play. Yeah. But I just I just don't think it was some things that weren't thought out. Sure. And there's some other things coming to mind that I I'm kind of missing a beat on here. But those are my biggest gripes. What do you think? Yeah, it's it it's not as I remember it. It's just kind of silly to watch now. And I don't know, like it. We weren't really scared by it either. I always kind of look over at her if she's getting kind of jump scared and stuff. But yeah. I don't think there was much of that. And then like she actually found the doll kind of cute in some like scenes. And I'm like, yeah, he kind of is. It's funny. And uh, so, yeah, I don't know. It's just not not what it used to be when, you know, I saw it 30 years ago. So I thought it was scarier when the kid would tell mom, Chucky told me this. Yeah. And then like, you'd see the kid sitting with Chucky and it's like, Ooh, is that doll talking to him now? Yeah. That's kind of creepy to me. Yep. But when Chucky comes to life, Oh, do I have the clip? I thought I pulled it. Let's see. Yeah. Here we go. Here's where he comes to life with the mom. I said, talk to me, damn it. Or else I'm going to throw you in the fire. (laughs) You stupid bitch. You filthy slut. Did you fuck with me? Like, when Chucky's alive, it's not scary. Yeah. It's kind of like the, the boogeyman has been revealed. Yeah. Um, but the, wondering where and when the boogeyman will show himself is more scary to me. Sure. But this was funny because, like, you stupid bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's a doll cussing. And I know. It, it was just like, that's funny. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. But I don't know. It's, some of his facial expressions when he gets all crazy like that, like what they did with the doll, yeah. like his eyebrows and his hair and stuff. It's just funny to me. And I, I found know. myself a little, not distracted, but I was snickering a little bit. Like you could tell when they put the Chucky costume on a little person actor. Oh, funny. To do like the stirring yeah. scenes. Oh, yeah. And when he puts the electroshock thing on the one doctor. Yeah. That's definitely like some little kid or a little person doing that. But Funny. Child's Play, you know, it's it's one of those movies, I think, that has endeared and endured, I should say, because the concept is so great. Sure. You know, like a sweet little child's toy turns into this evil, <laughs> evil. murdering monster. Because let's face it, we've all had those toys where we're like, this thing is awful. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And ever since Chucky, the movie, Child's Play, like any time a Furby yeah. is making a noise, when you know you turn that switch off, you're like, oh, God. oh shit, 
That's right. A I dead serial killers possessed the Furby. So I took batteries out of my Furby and it still talked like years later and I threw it away. I was like, nope, nope, nope. That, think, that thing is probably possessed. No, nope, it's got to go. I think realistically, it's like some phantom <laughs> energy that got stored in the wires. That's what you say, but I threw it away. Nope. Can't do it. No, no creepy dolls, no possessed ones, nothing. Sorry. You stupid bitch! <laughs> oh, look at that sweet little dog. <laughs> Moving on to a documentary, a new documentary on Netflix uh, called Who Killed Jill Dando? Uh, the yeah. backstory is Jill Dando was a very popular, they call them presenters in England, but news anchors, what we call them here. Um, for the BBC. For the BBC and just loved by millions of people in the UK. Yes. All of a sudden one day, April 1999, I think it was, she was walking to open her door in her townhouse and somebody walked up and shot her dead. Yep. And this documentary is, and it's a short three episode documentary goes into the crime and you know they had a suspect who was found guilty but then later that guilty verdict was you know reversed yep he went free and they still don't know who killed jill dando yeah that's kind of crazy and i don't recall hearing about this story like i don't i had no awareness of this person as a person as a personality when she was kind of at the height of her career and i had no idea about this story that she had been murdered. So it was kind of neat to kind of, you know, see another yeah. true crime documentary. And maybe the, maybe this will help, you know, bring up some clues. Maybe people will remember something or start talking. Maybe they can finally figure it out. I, I would hope so. Um, there There's, was some, some other crime. Oh, Natalie Holloway. Yeah. They finally closed that. Yeah. Because that idiot admitted to bashing her head on the beach. And yep. Tossing her body in the ocean. But anyway, yeah. maybe, maybe, like you said, maybe something will happen now. Maybe yeah. they'll actually find the killer. You know, and not to get too much into the details on the, on, on, on the crime, but it seems like they really shit the bed when it came to the Serbian thing. Yeah, like that really wasn't super flushed out and not followed up as a lead of a maybe. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost kind of like they're... They got kind of zeroed in on this one individual and then nothing else was possible. It was yeah. just that eccentric and don't get me wrong, this dude's kind of weird, but yeah, they kind of just like stuck to that. And But it's yeah. weird. It's I don't know if it's bad policing or what, or if they had, you know, a, a crime like this, very public. There's probably a lot of pressure at the time from their superiors. You need to close this. We need to find somebody, mm -hmm. you know. And also, like. But I think they, hold on. I think oh. they maybe had got a little bit more like, we need to fill this block. Check this box at, at, at all costs. And if you step back, like the defense, the, the defense lawyer for Barry. Mm hmm uh pointed it out it's like if you shoot somebody up that close you're gonna get more than just a, a minute blood spatter inside your coat pocket yeah you know and absolutely like, yeah, that makes sense why didn't they they should have known that yeah. yeah yeah forensic science evidence even like, in 1999 the forensic science was there yeah i know i feel like sometimes too because it was high profile he not that it's an excuse for shoddy police work, but there is, you know, limited resources. This is a famous person and they threw it out to the public 
and they're probably getting, you know, hundreds of tips or leads or things a day. And he said he had 16 people on his team, like to field all of that, follow up on all of that. I don't know. But I think sometimes in these cases, you know, they just kind of get fixated on this. This is our guy. It's got to be our guy. You know, I don't know. I I mean, I don't pretend to know what that job entails, but kind of like you said, usually you got to have some concrete evidence to even bring about charges for somebody. Right. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, I think the way it works is, you know, the cops go investigate mm-hmm. and trying to get, you know, find the evidence mm-hmm. and then they bring that evidence to the prosecutor and the prosecutor says, I can't prosecute this. I need more evidence. You know, mm-hmm. then they go back and try and find more mm-hmm. if there is more. Mm-hmm. But I feel like these investigators, like the Serbian thing made sense, you know, mm-hmm. um, that was a very the Bosnian war was very much um, the thing in the news. I remember hearing about it yeah. over here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's talk about Clinton sending aid over there or getting our troops involved, UN peacekeepers, whatever. Sure. So it was a very, and with volatil- volatility comes, you know, a lot of frayed emotions and, you know, feelings. And I could see somebody who's like a Serbian transplant in London being like, hey, not going to let the bitch talk. About these, and it kills her. Mm. I don't know. I just feel like the Serbian thing wasn't really pursued enough. Yeah. It wasn't exhausted enough, but like you said, they have limited, you know, know, capacity. I know, but, you know, the one guy who, I think he's a, is he a crime reporter now, but he kind of used to live that life. Oh, yeah, he was in prison for a while? Yeah, he, you know, kind of said, like, there are rumors in the underworld of who did this. You know, maybe it was like an organized crime professional hit. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And they didn't really pursue that. And that makes sense because there's not a lot of clues. There's not a trail. The The average person is not going to think through evidence, cameras, you know, like this. This was very kind of clean and orchestrated. And yeah, they, they, a couple of them said it looked like a professional hit. Absolutely. Cause she had no one following her. No one would have known that she was at that apartment at that exact time. Like, unless they were kind of really good at following her and covering their tracks, or maybe they were, you know, wiretapping or something like all of that. And then, you know, the lack of evidence on the person that they did try to convict. It's like, Oh man, I don't know. I feel like maybe this was a, Clean, professional hit and out, you know? You know, that guy at the end who you mentioned, um, well, he's a character, isn't he? Yeah. They, they, when they first showed him, he was sitting on that bench by the window and it said his name and it said investigative journalist. Yes. Then he started talking. The more he was talking, it's like, shit, this guy's been in prison a long time. Yeah. Good for him for finding a new career. But yeah. Interesting. Well, who better to write about crime well, yeah. than someone who's lived that life but and knows best, people, had, you know? He had the best line, as you just mentioned at the end. He said, essentially, he essentially said, I know who did it. Yeah. You know, people in this world that I used to be in and kind of still am know who did it. Yeah. And they said, who can you tell us? And he's like, no. For his own safety. Right. Right. Isn't but that what he said? To me, if I'm an investigator, if I'm that Hamish guy who was the lead investigator, I'm going to go contact that dude. Right. And I don't know. It just seems like. So they pinned it on a guy who's, like you said, weird. Mm hmm eccentric eccentric yeah i don't know if 
intellectually, he seems fine, but maybe just socially awkward. I think there's some maybe mental disorder there, too, with like the hoarding and stuff. Yeah, maybe. So it's easy to pin it on that guy. Yeah. And he he was weird about women. And he at one point in his life was interested in guns. So they were like, oh, this is our dude. Yeah. Look how weird he is. And look at the circumstantial evidence we have here. You know, there wasn't anything really. um, And as a hoarder. You don't think they would have found something in his apartment that tied him to that? Like, he's not going to throw anything away. No, all they had was headlines, newspapers of the Jill Dando stuff. Yeah. Her killing and before she was killed. Yeah. He apparently had lots of pictures of chicks. Yes. Including Jill Dando. But it wasn't like this wall on the northwest part of the apartment was all Jill Dando. Yeah, it wasn't like a shrine to her. Like, he'd been obsessing and thinking of ways to, you know, hurt her. Yeah, it just... It just felt like he checked all the boxes for, okay, he probably did it. But I don't recall them saying that blood splatter that they found. It was one drop. It was gun residue. It wasn't even blood splatter. Was it gun residue? It was gun residue. Okay. Yeah. Inside the pocket of his jacket, one drop. I'm like, I don't. don't." Yeah, just. You'd have a lot more on you if you shot someone at close range. You All know? I'm saying is, if I was murdered in London, I'd be worried about my case getting closed. Because <laughs> this doesn't seem like good police work no. with the Jill Dando thing. I, no, I feel like they kind of missed the mark here on a couple things. And but... it's an investigation, not an inquiry. You know, it's so easy for people, though, oh, yeah. to be oh, armchair yeah. detectives here or keyboard detectives. You know, the Internet sleuths will probably solve this soon with the awareness, maybe. But yeah. it's easy for us to sit there and do that. But when you're... You know, working an actual case, a homicide case that's yeah. high profile like that. Well, it's high profile. And also you've got, like I said, superiors kind of barking at you. Yeah. You have limited resources. You know, it's I equate it to people say, you do a morning radio show. You just kick your feet up and talk about whatever, right? It's like, yeah, no, totally. every job yeah. has its own bullshit going yes. on behind the scenes that makes it harder to do your job. Absolutely. Whether it's radio, insurance, investigating murders. Yes. You know, we don't, nobody operates with an unlimited budget and unlimited resources to get their job done. And, and nobody does it perfectly day after day but, after day after day after day. But, and it might not be the lead investigator's fault. I feel like their department kind of dropped the ball. Sure. His superiors maybe didn't give him enough resources, mm-hmm. time, whatever. Mm-hmm. I feel like a high profile case like that, mm-hmm. you know, you got to get that solved within a year. Easy. But well, what do I know? I don't know. I don't know. I know a lot of stuff. <laughs> I'm so smart. Let's rock until we drop. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay, let's uh, shut her down, right? All right. Yep. That's a montage scene. By the way, every 80s movie, a montage scene. I know, right? Um, that's going to do it for us on the Married With Channels podcast. Married couple checking out TV shows and movies. Make sure you join us for the next episode, which hopefully will drop next week or there soon thereafter. Happy spooky season. Boo-hoo. <laughs> yeah, we should definitely get one out that has a little more scary movie. More scary movies. Yeah. There are more to come. Yeah. So, you know. All right. Until next time, uh, make sure you uh, give us a good review and watch our episodes. Listen to our episodes, all that stuff. Share. Share. Yeah. Tell your friends. Until then, next time, I'm Moose. And I'm Jody. We'll see ya. Bye.